Welcome to the Expert Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thanks for listening. Kathleen Brady is a psychiatrist at the Medical University of South Carolina, Charleston. She wrote an editorial in July 2020 in the American Journal of Psychiatry that was entitled Medical Marijuana, Putting the Cart Before the Horse. There is so much discussion about the appropriate use and role of marijuana in medicine and in our general society. She kindly joins us to discuss how marijuana is standing up to rigorous exploration and testing and its potential clinical utilities. Dr. Brady, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for having me. This is such an interesting and timely topic. There is so much disagreement from so many perspectives. Sometimes there's even confusion about the real role of cannabis products in healthcare. Why is there such a difference in the medical community? Has it become contentious for good reasons, or will this contentiousness eventually move us along towards a resolution of the problem? I hope it's become contentious for good reasons, and basically those good reasons are that there is evidence, there's scientific evidence that cannabinoids, which are the main active, psychoactive constituent of marijuana, can have some healing properties in certain disease states. The problem is any one marijuana plant is made up of hundreds of different cannabinoids, and those cannabinoids are in different proportion depending on what's in that exact plant. And these hundreds of different cannabinoids have different pharmacologic profiles. So the medicinal value and medicinal effect of any particular marijuana plant is going to differ from one to the next based on how much Delta-9 it has, how much THC it has, how much cannabidiol, et cetera. Let me just give you an example of this cannabidiol, which is the one constituent that probably of marijuana, it's a cannabinoid. In some plants that are bred for that, they could be 80% cannabidiol. Others may be 5% cannabidiol. Cannabidiol clearly has some medicinal properties. In fact, cannabidiol can actually antagonize some of the effects of Delta-9 THC, which is the most potent psychoactive component of marijuana. But when people say medicinal marijuana, you have to ask how much cannabidiol, what's the percentage of Delta-9 THC, what's the percentage of Delta-8? You can't say anything about the medicinal value of marijuana. Marijuana is a thousand different compounds, depending on which plant you've got. I've noticed that when I see the advertisements for the dispensaries, especially down here in Florida, that they have all different amounts of ratios of this and that and so on and so on. Is there hard evidence to show that more CBD versus more THC is certain percentage of this and that? They present it as if it's a clinical trial development of a dose. To my knowledge, is not. Is the data coming to show that there are ratios that seem to be more efficacious and safer than not? Or again, is that putting the cart before the horse? I'd say it's putting the cart before the horse. It's hard enough to do good research, good placebo-controlled research with any one compound. It's even harder. So and we haven't even accomplished that in the marijuana areas. 
best developed body of literature is around CBD, isolated CBD. There is actually an FDA-approved drug second line for seizures. It's been used, isolated CBD has been researched in pain and PTSD and mood in a number of other things. That's hard enough to do that, and we don't even have enough of that. But once you come to then say, no, no, not just CBD, but a ratio, certain amount of THC to CBD, that's a whole other level of sophistication in clinical trials, and we're not there. We just, we simply haven't done it. My thought on this in general is, golly, these are really promising group of compounds. I mean, we have an endocannabinoid system. We have a, an internal system, just like we have an opioid system that responds to these drugs. So surely there is a physiologic response, and there's probably some pathology that they can correct. I have no question about that. If the body has receptor swarm, they're playing an important role in some physiologic function. What I do object to is calling marijuana a medicine when we know talking about marijuana, you're talking about a very, very heterogeneous compounds and constituents. Wait, let's focus just on psychiatry for the moment. From a psychiatric point of view, we see that it's advertised for anxiety, PTSD, there's been suggestion that it may help with some of the thought disorders, schizophrenia. Where are we on that? And I guess one of my complicated questions, how safe is it to use yeah, a cannabinoid? Yeah. Those are really good questions. I'm going to come back to, I, I keep going back here, but it's really true. Cannabidiol, because we have it isolated, pharmaceutically manufactured, it's FDA approved. We've got some pretty good trials in cannabidiol. None of them are sufficiently large enough to really present to the FDA for an indication, but cannabidiol actually has shown promise in antagonizing some of the effects of Delta 9 THC itself, so it might be used to treat marijuana dependence. It's also been shown in a recent study in the American Journal of Psychiatry to antagonize the effects of opioids and decrease opioid cravings. So cannabidiol could be a treatment for substance dependence. That's not marijuana. That's just cannabidiol isolated. The other area I'd say where the strongest evidence for cannabidiol is in the anxiety disorders and in specifically PTSD. And there are a handful of studies suggesting, and these are both marijuana plants, the whole plant where we don't really know what percentage of everything is. And then there's a couple of studies of cannabidiol alone, and there is an ongoing clinical trial of cannabidiol in PTSD. I think the anxiety disorders is the second area where maybe we'll see something. But to me, it's so important that we don't just say marijuana, because then you don't know what it is you're talking about. Every other drug that we have approved, that we prescribe, that we give people, we know what the chemical entity is, that when we know what the dosage of that chemical entity is before we give it to people, and that's not the case in marijuana. When you prescribe medical marijuana to people, you don't know what dose of what you're giving them. To me, it's substandard treatment. I think there's some really good suggestive evidence, but it's not clear. The other thing I think you're heading towards is could it be damaging in some disorders? And I think that's a really important question. There is a fair amount of evidence suggesting high-dose cannabis use, probably in people who are already vulnerable, who already had some sort of family predisposition, can lead to earlier onset of schizophrenia and psychotic disorders. Again, this is just epidemiologic data, but it is suggested. And when you think about it, people 
have with high dose Delta 9, they get depersonalization, derealization. That's not uncommon. And when we think about giving a drug that can do that sort of thing to somebody who is predisposed to a psychotic disorder, I don't think it's that hard to imagine that you might precipitate symptoms. One of the things that bothers me is that I believe that a large number of psychiatric conditions are too quickly thought to respond to medications, biological interventions, and there clearly is a time and place for it. I favor of the appropriate use of medications, but from what I have seen is that a lot of people go to the marijuana doctors down here and they prescribe it and they say for PTSD or whatever, and there's no hard look at some of the psychodynamic issues going on, cognitive issues going on, psychosocial issues going on, and I just don't want to see this blend into the same notion that if you have anxiety, go take a benzodiazepine as opposed to trying to figure it out with other means, and then maybe you need the medication. Do you think we're slipping in that direction? I think there's a danger in that, particularly for psychiatry. I don't know, you and I probably, I think we're around the same generation in terms of when we trained and what went on, and there used to be more psychotherapy training and more even psychoanalytic training. I'd say over the last 10 to 20 years, it's evolved so that psychiatrists are often viewed as the medications people. And if someone's going to have therapy or so, they go to a social worker or a psychologist. And unfortunately, there's a lot of psychiatrists that don't do therapy or use some of these others. And therapy, I mean, it goes way beyond psychoanalysis. There's all sorts of cognitive behavioral strategies. There's behavioral activation, number of other strategies that we can use and encourage. We can encourage patients to use that could be helpful. I think you're right. I think we don't turn to those quickly enough. Because I work in addictions and so many of my patients have gotten in trouble with the overuse of drugs, I tend to really encourage the use of non-pharmacologic strategies. That doesn't mean I don't use medications because I do when they're warranted. I think it's really, really important, as you know, to start with non-pharmacologic strategies. So psychotic or whatever, you absolutely have to have a medicine. What frightens me is that when people go to the marijuana doctors here in Florida, and I can't speak for all of them, but the patients that I have seen who have come with their marijuana cards have not really undergone a good psychiatric workup before Correct. they were given the card. And that frightens me because that's what's, that's what's going to confuse the field until we get hard numbers and hard doses. And it is of concern. One of the things is the role of the cannabinoids in chronic pain. Can you address that a little bit? It seems to be a good signal. Sure. I think that's one of the strongest signals. I couldn't agree more. And again, I keep coming back to this, but it's just the one that's best studied. And it's, it, it is cannabidiol, which is the best studied drug in, of all of the cannabinoids. But Delta 9 may well be helpful. Yeah, one of the strongest signals is in, in chronic pain. And I think it won't be long before we see better research and maybe more, more evidence leading to some sort of FDA indication. If I could just get back to these stores that advertise medical marijuana, that they're this percent this and this percent that, or 
even cannabidiol that you can buy over the internet or however, and they say it's what whatever percent. You, every year or two, some pharmaceutical group will, uh, research group will grab a bunch of different products from all over the place and actually do like a GC mass spec assay, and they find that completely inaccurate. Way more than half the time, it's completely inaccurate. What's being advertised in the stores or online or whatever is completely inaccurate. Often, particular for cannabidiol, the percentage of cannabidiol is hardly measurable. So people really don't know what they're getting. So the FDA has taken to sanctioning some companies for that. Part of our problem with all this is the FDA has sort of let the horses left the barn. Um, without the FDA really exerting any sort of control, about five years or so ago, they started sanctioning companies who were overdoing their claims about medicinal uses where they really felt like it was excessive. But that's a slap on the hand. That's nothing. One of the things that troubles me is that marijuana has become a medicine by legislative decree, not hard right. evidence. It's a completely different perspective from a medical perspective as opposed to a lot of the people and the entrepreneurial components as well. Yeah. It's troubling. Do you think that we are maturing? Do you think people are beginning to see it as a potential medicine that needs the control? Or are people still too laissez-faire about it and they think it's, oh, it's not, you know, how could it be that dangerous? It's natural. What, what do you see? I think we don't have a consensus in this country about this. You know, when I wrote that editorial that you brought up at the beginning of this call, I'd say I had 20 responses directly to me. Ten of them said, it was great. Thank you so much. And the other 10 said, why are you so down medical marijuana? And these are all from physicians. So I think we're a very divided group when it comes to medical marijuana. I really do. One thing we can reach consensus on both sides, I think, if anybody who said we, the government should step in and give more money to research this, I don't think anyone would disagree. I think that's one thing you could get both sides of this to reach consensus on. More research is needed. Both sides would like more research about it. We'd all like our information to be more accurate and more correct, to know more about dosing. But one side says, in the absence of data, we are sure it's useful. And the other side is saying, let's exercise caution. Let's first do no harm. I like the way you ended the editorial, and this is one of the things that attracted me to ask you to be interviewed. In your last paragraph, you say, shouldn't we study the medicinal potential of cannabinoids with the same rigor on dosing, purity, chemical specificity, and risk-benefit ratio that we use for other agents that we call medicines? The United States has the most expensive healthcare industry in the world a sophisticated pharmaceutical industry, and an expensive regulatory system. In this context, don't the people of the United States deserve better? You captured it. And I believe that's very true. But in spite of that, as I said, I got probably 10 people that wrote, in fact, one, you're going to see a little more back and forth in the American Journal over the next coming months, one large group of medicinal marijuana kind of got together and wrote a, <laughs> you know, wrote a critique. And nobody would say that I'm a particularly conservative 
I'm just a little rigorous about what I want to call medicine. I, I don't mind if people want to use marijuana for recreational purposes, to be honest. I think they should be informed of the risks and benefits. I think we need to keep it away from, from kids because I think it's really bad for people when they're in that period of their lives where they really need to learn a lot and remember things and learn new skills. I don't think marijuana helps anybody with that. I think we've got data about that. But if an adult wants to sit in their house and smoke marijuana, I'm the last person to get in the way of that. I'm just kind of picky about what we call medicine. That's all. One of the questions that I, when I have the opportunity to ask, say, what does marijuana do for you? Tell me, why do you do it? What's the attraction? And Sometimes it is just for the euphoria and the relaxation, and that's one component. Mm -hmm. But when I start pushing it a little bit, I find out about how it helps soften their phobias. They are not as afraid. They sleep better. And then the question is, why? And it just opens up an entire door to the larger pathology, perhaps. And that's why we need the research. I think this is a discussion that people need to have if as we go along. Yeah, I hope we can continue it. People need to push their legislature, the same legislature that was so eager and happy to approve medicinal marijuana, to push them to put some money towards researching it. If it's going to be a medicine, for goodness sake, let's figure out what it does and what does. How did medicine get taken out of the hands of physicians and regulatory agencies and get put into the hands of legislators? That doesn't make any sense to me. Same legislature legislators should understand the consequences, potential consequences of their actions and perhaps be encouraged to promote research and fund it, not just promote it, fund it. Yeah. Kathleen Brady is a psychiatrist in South Carolina, the Medical University of South Carolina. She wrote an editorial in the American Journal of Psychiatry on medical marijuana. It generates a lot of discussion that we really need to do in order to come to a position where we know the safety and utility of using cannabinoid products to treat people. If it's going to become a medicine, my opinion is it needs to go through the same study. Thank you for this and for bringing this topic up to discussion. I hope you are well, and I hope Charleston is not overwhelmed with coronavirus things. And again, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you.